Hi, welcome. Hi, this welcome. Totally not the third uh, take of us uh, doing this. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing fine. Yes. Um, for those of you wondering, by the way, I want to get this out of the way. For those of you wondering why I look horribly deformed this week, um, I have uh, some sort of allergic reaction going on. And I like my eye is swelling up right here. So I don't know what it is. And maybe it's being allergic to shitty films. Who knows? I, I think maybe you just need an eye patch. Also, I still have walking pneumonia and I moved and everything's a fucking nightmare. But we're all still here and happy to have you back. And we are Seal Squared Productions. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, we want to welcome you to um, our, uh, uh, our, our cinematic autopsy podcast discussing um, Robocop. A Robocop? Um, Robocop! Which is, me doing that voice is more amusing than this film. Um, this is, I, I, I had, I had told you before that I'd never actually watched it all the way through, that I had turned it off. Oh, like this a is half the remake. In. This is like, if you tuned in last yes. time, this is, we said we yes. were doing the 2014 remake, so this is Yes. That. Yes, because the original is a fucking classic. The original is one of my favorite fucking movies from the 80s. Yeah. And this is, I, I wrote you and I told you that I distinctly think this is actually worse than, than The Wicker Man. See, I love The Wicker Man. So this No, no, no <laughs> oh, the, the, oh, the Nicholas, oh. I'm saying a worse remake than The Wicker Man. Wow. Yes, I do remember that. I literally wrote Robocop 2014 garbage as the headline in my notes. <laughs> yeah, no, it completely is. This movie is fucking shit. And, hey, I, um... I think that, I think that, oh, also that's Charles D. Lincoln. I'm Chelsea Lesage in case you don't know us, but if you, I wouldn't, I don't know why you would stumble upon this channel if you didn't know who we are, but so welcome or welcome back. Well, um, we're, in, we're international superstars, Chelsea, so, you know, that, that's Jesus why. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Don't, don't even start with that because I have a huge obsession with that play, so, you know. I know. It hell. was my first musical ever. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, hell, you remember when fucking, uh, like, a week before uh, the pandemic hit, when we were shooting Demon Hunter, and, like, which the season that will eventually come out next year. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, between takes, like, we were fucking singing, uh, you know, um, King Herod's song and the, um, uh, when Jesus meets, uh, Pilate. Yes. Yes, because... I, mean, I feel like now I'm just, okay, we're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that. We have a lot to talk about. Yes. I'm gonna bring yes. it up in the most inappropriate time possible, though. I'm gonna sing both of those throughout the entire thing. Yeah, well, Jesus, you know what I'm we're... <laughs> yeah, overjoyed to, no, to meet you face <laughs> to face. To face. <laughs> yeah. Healing cripples raising from the dead. And now I understand your God. At least, At least that's, that's what, what you, you said. said. <laughs> so... You are you the are Christ. The Christ. Yes, the, great the great Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> Prove to me that you're no fool. Walk across, Walk my, across swimming my swimming pool. pool. <laughs> Do that for me, then. then anyway. I'll let you yeah, go let, free. Yeah, yeah let, let's stop at that point. Yes, agree. Yes, no, exactly. Yeah. We're on I the just, same page. We're yeah. on the same page. <laughs> it just occurred to me what's coming up, and I'm like, oh, that's going to sound weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so sad. But, yeah, no. but, um, yes, yeah, so uh, we are in the process of doing that, and with tomorrow being October, 
Uh, we are, uh, we have, I, I just want to skip ahead to the next film, but I guess we'll cover this one for this episode. See, I feel like, yeah, I hated it less than Charles did. I had to, like, rewatch it twice because I also hated it. Oh, Why I would you, preface it. Well, I was no, going to ask, do you hate yourself? Clearly. Um, no, I wanted to also say that I have, I have house guests who are out getting groceries right now, so that's why I'm doing it in my bedroom instead of my office. Yeah. Um, so the, um, my dogs will bark. Just a heads up, but that's fine. They are welcomed to bark. That's as they fine. Are dogs. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, um, I will say since we were a little bit uh, inebriated on some adult beverages last time, um, I and this is and this is a, a very <laughs> then <laughs> that anyone who watched the last one would think that you have some serious issues if you were not. Like, <laughs> if that's just you being normal, then, then you have some real, real problems. I don't think. I also, but like, to be honest, yes, there's alcohol in here, but I also, I, you know, I'm drinking out of a Mets cup. I do not support the Mets. Okay? Yeah. That is the God honest truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, she has to say that or like the other mass holes will actually, will literally lynch her. No, I don't. I was there for a, a concert and... They were force feeding us alcohol with Mets cups. I'm I'm a victim. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am I am currently drinking cranberry juice right now, not because I have a he a has UTI. a UTI. He has a UTI. <laughs> yeah. Does that even work on men? Does that even help yes, men? Yes. It does. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. Why I've been tr- the internet told me so. <laughs> I've been trying to purposely uh, not drink sugar as much as I can. Cranberry juice has all the sugar. Yeah, but no, not as much as like iced tea or something like that. That's true. So, you're, so I'm tr- you're on a juice cleanse. Uh, you know, I don't think I could do that. Like when I see people taking like cucumbers and shit and putting them in the little juicer, I'm like, I don't know. Where are they that's... putting them in little juicers? Yeah, <laughs> little juicers. I don't cucumbers even know. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to gonna, gonna comment on that because I am a, I am a, uh, a child of God, Respect- Chelsea. <laughs> And uh, yeah. great Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but, oh my God, what did uh, I just watch? I watched that Twin Flame fucking docuseries. I don't know what that is. Oh my God. Twin Flames is like, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to support this like cult of people. But watch the like Escaping Twin Flames, like three part mm-hmm. docuseries on Netflix. It's fucked up because like the dude is just like basically when they're not making or when they want to escape as many like tax paying as mm-hmm. when they want to get out of paying as many taxes as possible they make their cult into a religious thing when really it's just all about finding your twin flame who's like the same like you have the same soul in another person and you split the souls right mm-hmm. which is a fairly common thing and he just destroyed it and then when they were trying to save as much tax money as possible the dude went and was like oh i look like jesus you know jesus was a middle eastern man but you know the depiction of how he's white in modern day culture it's because i'm the second coming of christ that's why they made him white because they were making they were waiting for me watch it oh yeah that doesn't sound uh shifty at all yes (laughs) anyway it was more entertaining than robocop 2014 yeah so since we were a little bit inebriated last time and since this is a boring as shit movie um i've decided to pay proper respect to like for example i realized at no point at literally None. There is zero mentions of the name Kirkwood Smith. Whoops. And we Whoops. called him Red Foreman the entire. That's his name. The entire time. Whoops. 
listening. <laughs> so, um, so what I'm going to do at any point that, uh, you know, at, at any point, uh, you know, um, that this gets boring uh, or we get to a boring part, I'm just going to give fun facts and uh, interesting stories from the original RoboCop. <laughs> okay, great. So yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> yes, pretty much. So um No, and again I hated it like less than Charles did. I mean we got to hear Samuel L. Jackson say, Motherfucker <laughs> I mean he says that in every film though. We got to hear it. I mean, even in even PG thirteen movie like Avengers in Infinity War, they he starts saying it even if they cut oh, him I off. Oh I know. They cut him off. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. You I know. was just thrilled. So uh, we start, well, then let's start with Samuel Jackson uh, doing vocal exercises over the MGM uh, Lion logo. Yes, which I thought was clever. You know. um, (laughs) Charles is going to have nothing to say about Eddie. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say that's about as clever as the movie gets, I guess. Um, I thought that was really funny. I was like, because I grew up doing those exercises, mm -hmm. the Linklater progression at Shakespeare Company, so it just was like, I was like this. (laughs) I was like... Someone's doing, someone's, oh my god, someone's doing the Linklater progression warm-up over, over the MGM logo. Oh, it's Samuel L. Jackson. That's so cool. And then nothing got better. Well, I mean, the thing about it is Samuel Jackson must have just been miserable shooting this because he's in a green screen the whole time he interacts with no other right. actors. Right. Like, and, and I know Ian McKellen almost had a breakdown on um, The Hobbit because of that. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's... It, it can't be good for your psyche and it can't be good as an actor to have no one to like interact with and no other energy to feed off of. And just to be not even, you don't have a set. You don't have anything. You're just you in a big green fucking space. And I feel like, like being a newscaster is the only like, you know, the only acceptable way that that would work. I and mean, he made it work, but he must, it must have a lot of it, especially towards the end, spoiler alert, when he gets really frustrated and is like, everything's built up to the point where he's still trying to hide everything and support everything. Like a lot of his frustration had to have come through in that, you know, with the fact yeah. that he's just completely sequestered from everything. I don't know. Yeah, I think you know he did his job. I, don't, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, no one's going to say Samuel Jackson has only ever had one bad performance in any film he's ever done. I, I'm sorry, three films, three films: the fucking um, prequel trilogy from uh, of Star Wars, because George Lucas has no idea how to. That's how you know George Lucas doesn't know how to direct actors. When you get a bad performance out of Samuel L. Jackson. That's when you know that the director has no idea how to actually how people <laughs> like interact with it. Yeah. It was so so busy, like focusing on like fucking Jar Jar Banks and shit. That it, you know, the actual my like, favorite Natalie, character, Natalie Portman. At, well, it's George Lucas's favorite cat. He still doubles down on it. And you know, I like, know, when they ask him I about know. It. That's yeah. why I said it. Yes. Yeah. But I remember Natalie you Port- saying yeah. that. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Natalie Portman actually talks about how um, she couldn't get work after the Star Wars trilogy because people thought she was a bad actress. Wow. Like, you know, so that's the only time I've ever seen Samuel Jackson do a bad performance. Our and advice it's, to directors, aspiring directors, is be an actor's director. You want to take acting classes while you're learning to direct and directing classes while you're learning to act. You know, you always want to be learning, and mm-hmm. I think that you should learn both at the same time. Okay. You yeah, want to be no, an actor's de- director, you should not be doing it. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, you know, I, I come, 
I would, like I said, I come from being an actor, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I like to think that I'm actually pretty good with actors because of that. Yeah, I same. think I exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would be very good if I hadn't actually acted. Yeah, exactly. We're good directors. <laughs> Yay! But, um... <laughs> so Samuel you know, Jackson so, talks. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, what if he told you that uh, even the worst neighborhood in America could be safe without risking one single law enforcement officer? He's Pat Novak, and this is the Novak element. And I guess he's supposed to be some sort of, like... I mean, from the time of the film, I would think Bill O'Reilly. Um, oh, those yeah, yeah, yeah. Those of you kids out there might think of like a Tucker Carlson or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And yeah, and uh you know, honestly, this part bored the fuck out. This this goes on for fifteen fucking minutes, this part, by the way. It does, you're right. Cause they show like the Middle East and there's E D two oh nines, there's then there's new ones called EM two oh eights. Well, we, that's whole... where we learn we were we learn the like colored patrols, and that's important. Well, apparently only the the red patrols are important. The red dots, you know. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. his film. That's his film crew. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. just supposed to be a film crew. And as long as they keep their uh, their their bracelets on, uh, the drones won't kill them. Yes. Um. That's that. I- and it's just, I don't know, like, you know, one of the things I thought was kind of great was having Ed 209 be like this new emerging technology and stuff. And here they've got like hundreds of them. Yeah. And the opening and, is severely depressing. You learn that like what America's trying to do is not actually right at all, which happens. Yeah. I can't imagine America occupying <laughs> any other country. And uh, yeah, it's, severe, it's severely depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's this whole, but that's the thing, is this whole fucking thing in the Middle East that never gets referenced ever again. Yeah, they and, get the reporter and, back once. Yeah, and, and, and literally the only thing that you can take away from this is, wow, there's a lot of Ed 209s. That's right. the, the only thing that the first 15 minutes of the movie with fucking terrorist attacks and explosions and, 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 and uh, like, it's, it's bullshit. It's yeah. fucking bullshit, and I'm, I'm. And it goes on for fifteen minutes. Yeah, like you know, and you can Novak have a cold goes open like that. You can have a cold open like that, but like you have to reference it back in some way. Yeah, you know? like you know, and and Novak goes on. The Pentagon is gonna uh, cut the feed to Tehran, and uh, you know, Novak goes on about how fundamental the robots to foreign policy. But why don't we have it in America? Why is ro- America so robophobic? So now, <laughs> you know what, Charles? I know people who like this movie. Uh, yeah, well, those people shouldn't be allowed to uh, be anywhere. Near. Those people shouldn't be allowed to like go to the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they go to a movie, someone should just go and reach forward and rip the ticket, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. out of their hands. Yep. <laughs> and and then Udo Kier should just come by and punch them in the oh, face Jesus and say, "This Christ. is against. This is against your. This is for your crimes against cinema." This is your, for your crimes against cinema and then laser beam them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, no, he just punches them. And Udo Kier isn't, like, doesn't have fucking laser beams. So, like, Not he's yet. Just, he's a fucking like German actor. Not who's in, yet. Like, this, you know. I know who he is. He could yes. have them. He's just hiding well, them. Well, I feel that this is a good time to start talking about the original 80s Robocop. Did you know <laughs> that original director Paul Verhoeven... Uh, looked at the first page of the script and rejected it as awful. Huh. 
Yeah. And um, he actually had to be, uh, he had to have it sent to him three times um, until his wife read it. And she's the one who actually told him it's, it's really good. Did we talk about this off air? Yes. Oh, damn it. We fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, that's the thing. And then Paul Verhoeven, he eventually admitted that the satire of it didn't make sense to him because he's not, he wasn't fluent in English at the time. He had only made one English film. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So, and you know, so, a lot of things don't read the way they should when they're like on the page, like Shakespeare, how it's meant to be seen, not read. Like, you know, yeah. The, yeah. I actually, I actually, you know, what's really funny is I actually had a discussion with um, my old, like, we're talking 2000 fucking seven, like, like keyboard player uh, yesterday. Um, and she's from Russia. And we got into a whole discussion about how she doesn't like Shakespeare because she can't really understand it because English is not her first language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pointed out, you know, and I also think English, number one, for her, it seemed like. English, but if you took the you put the words in different places, which made it very confusing to her. Right. But it also is the fact of how people and you and I have had this discussion before about how people put it on this pedestal that I think really does it a disservice. Because it is brilliant work, but they put it on a pedestal that makes it in a way that people don't think they can relate to it. Right. We have had this discussion. I yeah. was about to be like, you're wrong. Yeah, but no, like, you know, and like, I, I realized that all I had to do was just quote Titus Andronicus to her. And she what, was what? like, oh, my God, it has shit like this in there where I was like, fool, thou hast undone our mother. No, I have done thy mother. And all the dirty jokes. I mean, the thousands and thousands yeah. of words and insult that man coined anyway. Uh, yeah. And and but that's the thing is that like, you know, they. They really, I, I really think that so many people who try to make it a big classy thing miss the heart of it and the fucking how really, you know, he wasn't writing for fucking, you know, like the fucking aristocrat. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he was writing for Queen Elizabeth, but only when she caught wind of yeah. him. You know, and yeah. he's just what he yeah. does. That she also loved, and what Queen Elizabeth loved it is that he wrote about the human soul and human yeah. nature, and yeah, and just how whimsical and disgusting and funny it is. And people yeah. miss and, that. Yeah, that's why you yeah. should see it. And that's yeah. why it makes sense that like things didn't like the original Robocop that things didn't like get to the director on the page until the third yeah. draft, especially with the language barrier. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. What they eventually did was they gave him um uh they actually gave him comic books, um, like the Judge Dredd comic book. Uh hoping that that would kind mm-hmm. of get him to realize the tone of it. Um yeah. but he wanted he wanted to go and actually do a, a third they did a third draft based on his notes. Yeah. Um where they made it a lot more serious. They took out the satire and they actually added a romance between Murphy and Lewis. And the funny thing was they did that they did that draft. Paul Verhoeven read it and was like, No, my ideas were bad. Go back to the second draft, and that's what they shot. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I kind of love that he was able to admit that his suggestions are all bad suggestions. <laughs> That's so funny. I already have a feeling that this podcast is going to be like things we missed when we were covering the original RoboCop. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> so let's like, go I'm... back. Yeah. Let's go back to the other I wound one. Up, like, I wound up like... 
writing a poem that's really, really, really bad, so I'm not going to read it. But, like, when I started watching this and already didn't like it, I started writing a poem about how I'm doing this for Charles and only for Charles. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, So we meet Michael Keaton, who's playing Raymond Sellers. I'm I'm glad I have it written down because I would not have remembered it. And in my See, notes, I just wrote, I do the opposite of what we did with Kirkwood Smith. I literally just wrote Michael Keaton for like all my notes. Yeah, no, I remembered Sellers and Dreyfus, even though I don't remember the actor's name who played Dreyfus, because I remember that coming up on the newscast, you know, but I was like, I oh, that's w- Michael Keaton. I wonder if Sellers and Dreyfus are some sort of like attempt at referencing the Pink Panther. Um, oh, because shit. Peter, yes. Peter Sellers was played um, Inspector Clouseau and uh, uh, Chief Inspector Dreyfus was Dreyfus, his like yeah. rival. Yeah. So I wonder if that was some sort of reference because this movie, this movie thinks it's so much smarter than it is. See, this movie, like this movie had a couple of moments where I think made fun of itself, where it knew it was that bad. But I don't think it would have happened if it weren't for the actors. I don't think it was in the script. You know what I mean? Mm. But the um. And if you were to ask me off the top of my head, I would have no idea. Hopefully we'll get there. But the, but no, the, I didn't even pick up on that. I haven't seen the Pink Panther since my youth. I um, hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it. And um, I was talking to uh, Donald Farmer, the uh, underground director yesterday, and he uh, you know, was bringing up the Pink Panther. So it's like fresh in my mind. That's really cool. No, that yeah. probably makes sense. Yeah. But um, so I right after I, I wrote Senator um, Dreyfus has a bill that prevents drones on human soil. I wrote, God, I am bored already. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote in capital letters. I hate this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a whole bunch of talking and that's all boring and, and no one really gives a shit here. Um, I'll tell you, remember how violently we were assaulted by the Robocop logo in the original 1980s? Yes. This is the gentlest logo. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like this, this, this comes in in a fucking like cloud of like fucking like pixie dust. Um, I will give them, you know what? No, I will you know say it's it a, hold on. It's a metaphor for Tinkerbell. It's like, it's like Tinkerbell. If you don't believe in her, she'll like, if you don't clap and believe in her and like, she'll ascend into dust or like explode into dust. Mm-hmm. That was this. Cause no one believes in it. Yes. <laughs> I, I will. You know what? I realize this is going to be the one compliment I give them. I like that they use the old RoboCop theme uh, during yes, the intro. They did. They yeah, because uh, which you and I were singing quite a lot of in the last episode. Do not um, even fucking dare. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So they're showing Detroit. Uh, we're now behind ah, Murphy, who is, who is now played by Joel Kinnaman. Um, six in the morgue, Lewis in the hospital. They have a lead on Anton, Va- and it's all these details that I mean. Do you want to talk about this? Because I, no, I there's mean, so like, many fucking details that I don't care about. There's, a, I wrote the. There's people in there that can't hear shit. It's not personal, even though I don't like you as a person. That's what I have. I literally like just was like, I'm gonna write the most just small amount of notes as possible. Mm. Um, uh, and someone they're in an office with these people who are important later on. And they say if it if you hadn't went off or something went off something with your partner your partner would still be standing. If you hadn't I'd gone be- off the reservation, your partner would still be standing. Reservation. I should have. Um, you got to teach me how on my MacBook how to turn like autocorrect on on my notes app because I have reverberation, which mm. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. 
I mean, how many times have I, how many times have I actually, like, said, I don't know what I wrote there because it's a weird jumble of letters, so nowhere, I don't know how to do it either. Nowhere near as many times as I've done, <laughs> yeah, but nowhere near as many times as I have. <laughs> yeah, so, so Murphy um, won't, Jack's, Murphy, yeah. yeah. Jack Lewis, right, has been, Who? uh, isn't it Jack Lewis or no? Who's Jack? Lew- Who's Jack? I wrote Jack. Oh, they just say Lewis. They just say Lewis for now. Oh, Lewis. Um, oh, yeah. I had the subtitles on. That's what it is. Um, okay. Um, so Murphy's been doing street buys with him for guns. Um, and he's like apparently doing shit that maybe he's not necessarily cleared to do. Um, and he's talking to someone who says he can get him two crates of shit. And he's just like, I don't want dirty crates. And he kind of like pretends that the other dudes are cops. Um, yeah, which is actually a common uh, undercover uh, makes sense. technique. Undercovers you know do that a lot. The one thing I didn't get is when they're like in there going through records and stuff, they said the intake paper, papers were blank. I think I missed that. Why was that? I don't remember. Like, they, oh, oh, wait, no, now I know. <laughs> now I know why the intake papers were blank. Um yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will I will tell you I wrote they are giving us so much plot that I absolutely do not care about. <laughs> we think so basically basically Murphy takes Lewis into a thing where we think Lewis is dead. Yeah. yeah. So by the way, how I, you know we see a lot of gender swapping like the other way yeah. from like turning male characters into female. I've never seen anyone take what I would say is an iconic '80s female character. And let's yeah. make it a dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that, they, they did that here. Yeah. They did. I mean. They did. Rest in peace. I, I just put. Yeah, I mean, he's a good actor, but. Mm, yeah. This was not. Wait, he's de- Are we talking about Lewis? Yes, the actor who plays Lewis in this is yeah, dead. Yeah, no. Yes, he's dead. Yeah. Rest yeah. in peace. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. I wish yeah. I remembered his name right now. Don't fucking shit talk me, everyone. <laughs> you know he's amazing so i wrote at this point i put uh, is this movie over yet oh my god how have only 12 minutes happened it feels like we've been through this for an hour i i i feel like this this movie is everything the original robocop was satirizing yeah yeah pretty much and again like i said i think that the actors like maybe had some leeway and like were able to improvise some things or at least in like the tone in which they delivered lines Apparently, well, I mean, not according to what I've I've read on here. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we... I, I I could be wrong, but like from what I, uh, you know, there were a lot of people talking about how great the script was in little making of videos I saw. You know what? Again, the like, the one thing I can give it is that the actors that they got did everything they could with the script they were given. Yeah. Yeah. And the direction they were given, you know, we're yeah, not no, talking I mean, shit about the actors. We're just talking yeah, shit no, about there's some, the movie. There's, I mean, the fact there's a, th- this, one of the big things about this movie is how many times I looked and I go, why is he in this? Oh my God. He's such a good actor. Why is yeah. he doing this material? Yeah. You know, yeah, but it's true. At, the, at this, I, I wrote shooty shooty happens for a lot. And then he jumps through a window and hides behind a dumpster that is obviously on fire and filled with this movie. Wait, 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 no, there is, is this a time? Fuck, I don't know where I am in my notes right now. No, it's later on, but I wrote, I wrote, I wrote something about dumpster fire, like garbage bit and how it should be this movie instead of what they were just talking 
Yeah, I mean, so mean. Yeah, so I, I guess since you said we think Lewis is dead, I'm at where Lewis won't wake up. Um, Captain's telling him not to do anything about vetting it through her first. Captain Karen to- Dean. Her name's Karen. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're up to, I, okay, we go to Senate hearings. All right, let's skip to the Senate hearings. We meet hearings. Senator Dreyfus, Dreyfus, and, yeah. uh, Sellers, who's Michael Keaton, and Klein, uh, who's, I don't know the actress's name. Um, and they're talking about how we need people who understand right from wrong and, uh, what they OD feel. No, Chelsea. No, that's not what, the, oh, and what they the feel. Ed- <laughs> what? Uh. Uh, I said so they, feel, we, they feel no anger, they feel no fatigue, it makes fatigue, them ideal for law ideal enforcement. ideal for law enforcement, yes, I did, yeah, I spelled that correctly. Putting machines yeah. on the street will save countless lives, uh, or American lives, and then they're asked, what do machines feel if if one killed a child? And, you know, I feel like, I can't imagine actually being in that scenario, but ultimately, like, even though they did the political thing and the capitalist thing and just went around and made excuses for it, they were asked again, oh, it would feel nothing, and that's the problem. And then we learned that 72% of Americans won't stand for robots pulling the trigger. Yeah. Oh, God. So did you know that it took six to eight months to to, uh, find the person to play Alex Murphy in the original RoboCop? Um, no. They, they actually, yeah, no. It, um, they were going through like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. They talked to Michael Ironside, Rutger Hauer, Tom Berenger, Amand Desante, which would have been really weird because Amand Desante has like a very thick accent. Um, Keith Carradine. Um, and Orion actually wanted them to pick uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger because of how successful Terminator had been. Well, that won't work. That can't work. Well, uh, that's the thing is they they said that if you put him in the RoboCop os- costume, he was going to look like the Michelin Man. That's fucking <laughs> hilarious. So, so they um, and then other actors said no because they didn't want their face covered by a helmet for the movie. Well, that also makes sense. I mean, what's the actor's name? Kinnaman. Um. Uh, yeah, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, no, I'd never heard of him before. He's been in a bunch of different things. He was in Suicide Squad. Um, I never saw that. And he was in, um, oh my God, I can't remember it. It was some really depressing show that took place in Seattle um, that had to do with like child murder. I mean, that's generally the norm. It's on Netflix. I know that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think he was great. He was great. Yeah. The actors did what they did. Yeah. But let's get back to the better RoboCop for a moment. So uh, Peter Weller was hired because his chin was very good. Um, Weller spent uh, months working with a mime, uh, developing a fluid movement style with a stiff ending while wearing an American football uniform to approximate the finished costume. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, but what eventually happened was um, uh, when they, they they were like, I think, several months into shooting when the costume was done. And then he couldn't move in it. Oh. Yeah, he couldn't move in it. He was fucking just miserable at it to the point where he was complaining so much they briefly fired him from the film. Damn. Yeah, yeah, they fired him until someone basically said, because the director was just tired of hearing him complain. And then finally, Paul Verhoeven was, they convinced him Paul, it took us 18 months to make the costume specifically to fit him. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if we hire someone else, we're going to need another 18 months and however much in the budget to go and build a new RoboCop costume for whoever we cast. So they basically convinced Peter Weller to come back. Oh, my God. I wonder how long it yeah. took for this one, for this costume. Um, I don't know. It looks like a fucking uh, motion capture suit. It's kind of shitty. Um, it looks like it took him fucking oh, 10 minutes to put on. Yeah. You oh, know, three of them. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the same outfit. It, it, I'll, I'll, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the Robocop house. I'll really go into how shitty that thing is when we, uh, when we get to it. Um, but um, also, Nancy Allen originally thought the film's uh, title was terrible. Um, wow. Yeah, but... Uh, and, I believe um, anything she says. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and Paul Verhoeven, uh, she was known for having her long blonde hair like she had in Carrie and stuff. Um, when she was Chris, but Verhoeven wanted to cut shorts. The character would not be sexualized because it was the eighties. And I guess no one can be attracted to a woman with short hair or something. Um, yeah, that doesn't exist. Gays did not exist. Clearly, you know, um, her hair was, and her hair was cut shorter eight times before they finally got to the look that they wanted. I feel um, like I would lose all of my other livelihood if someone decided to do that to me. So good for her. Yeah, if they were just like, hey, Chelsea, keep cutting your hair. I mean, you saw how short her hair is in yeah. the film. You know, um, and uh, Alan, she, um, she actually went to a police academy training for the role. Um, and he encouraged her to basically act as masculine as she wanted and gain as much weight as she wanted. Which she accomplished by quitting smoking. And, um, <laughs> um, and uh, Kirkwood Smith auditioned for both uh, Clarence Bodeker and Dick Jones. That's just that's just Red Foreman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Michael, he was actually not. Um, he was not their first choice. Really? It was actually Michael Ironside, but Michael Ironside didn't oh, want to. No be- yeah, Michael Ironside turned it down because he said that he had been he had done enough psychopath characters. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Stop smoking, and then, Chelsea. <laughs> and then, do you know who their second choice was? It wasn't Kirkwood Smith either. It was Robert Picardo. No fucking way. I hate it. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, Ronnie Cox, um, mm-hmm. you know... He basically took the role because, you know, it's so funny. We think of Ronnie Cox as playing all these bad guys and all these movies in like the 80s and 90s. He actually took this role because he had been typecast as nice characters and like dads and all these sweet fucking characters. Other sides of the pendulum, you got like one who's played too many psychopaths and one who's played too many nice people. Yes. So he actually took the role. Because he was tired of playing nice guys in all of his uh, movies. That's so fucking funny. Because I was just going to comment. I was like, too many psychopaths playing that? No, every psychopath is different. Or like, but I understand. We're like yeah. playing too many nice dads. I get it. Yeah, and the old, man, the old man was actually based on the CEO of MCA. Uh, because That's everyone considered, Yeah, because everyone considered to be powerful and intimidating. Um, and I found out the guy who says I will buy that for a dollar was uh, written was actually um, uh, television host Bixby Snyder, and it was written as an Americanized and more extreme version of Benny Hill. That makes sense. 
Yeah. And Howard Stern was offered a role, but he turned it down because he believed the idea was stupid, even though he later said that he liked the movie and wished he had done it. Good. Yeah. I'd love to hear so, when St- Howard Stern has regret. That makes me happy. <laughs> I love I love Howard Stern. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you Ooh. know, him just being like, so, you know, we all have those moments of like, oh, fuck. I wish I had. And then coming out and saying it. Moment of truth. Love it. Yeah. So I guess we'll go back to the 2004 version. And, 2004. Um, 2004. 14. <laughs> 14. Um, I don't even know where we are, so tell me. So um, I can catch well, up. now they're well, they're talking about um, it's the corporate meeting, and they're talking about can how. Can you just skip they, ahead to the end? I wish we could. Um, I mean, we went through the, all of the post. You know what? The thing is, this is actually a harder film to talk about than the Postman because this is so densely plotted with shit that isn't important. I was typing a hundred and like sixty words a minute. Yeah, like, they put yeah. so much shit into this film, like, as if it's high fucking art, and it's, it's like, it's fucking Robocop, dudes, like, we don't need an entire plot, like, yeah. about, like, like, it's not even a subplot, it's like a big, like, there I is don't no give B a plot. shit. There is no B-plot to this yeah. movie, no, no. Yeah. And, All right, and, go ahead, I want to get this over with as soon as possible and keep hearing shit about the original one. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they want a product with a conscience. Uh, the American people want something that knows and uh, knows what it feels like to be human. And so they're going to put a man, man inside, inside of a machine. machine. Yes. yes. They talk so about how you are you. Ward, and you, mm-hmm. are, you are because of your brain. Yes. Yes. So, so now, um, yeah, and uh, it, it's your brain that makes you you. And Gary Oldman is saying it. And I wrote, oh, Gary Oldman, why? It's funny because he's Dennett, Dennett Norton, right? That's his name. And I always, like, when when Gary Oldman was younger, like, even even in 2014, but, like, before that specifically, I was like, that's Ed Norton. So it made sense to me that Gary Oldman was playing fucking someone with the last name Norton. And I was like, oh, mm. I, I will remember that. I've said this outside of, uh, outside of the air, so you've heard it before, but I don't know how many people are out there are aware that Gary Oldman is actually younger than Gary Newman. Yes. So just uh, just just let that percolate in your brain. No like one's going to pay attention to anything else. Like a fish in the percolator, because <laughs> that's where you what you put in the percolator. In the percolator, you put fish in. The, no, <laughs> no, Charles, bad, bad. The, those of you who watch Twin Peaks are on the floor right now. Anyway, oh. so. We go. We have a guy with a prosthetic hands, and he's playing guitar, and he's playing wonderfully. But he can't play if he has emotion. We learn. Yeah, which no, that's a problem. Seems like it would um, kind of defeat the purpose of uh, being able being to still play guitar. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that I, I scene mean, hit me more than most scenes. It did. Really? Yeah, because it just wasn't it, like I was angry at about the about the absurdity and how much I hated it, but also like felt so much about it. Like you know, as a musician, being able mm-hmm. to do that again, like if I lost one of my hands or got nodes or something like that, like the mm-hmm. being able to do that again and then being able to actually physically do it again and then being told that I'm fucking up. Because the robotics don't respond to my emotions, mm-hmm. I feel like that would that'd be the end all be all. I'd be 
absolutely devastated and mm. cannot, you know. So I felt like as far as a standalone scene goes, mm-hmm. that scene hit me. I'm like, that should just be a short film in and of itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that, that pulls at the heart strings of a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, for me, as I said, um, you know, as someone who was a musician who did have a disability that stopped me from playing for a while and then came back to it and it was this big thing and then having to deal with, like, fucking people acting like children to the point where it just disillusioned, made me completely disillusioned to the whole industry. Yeah. Um, and that's when I went into film. Um, you know, I can definitely relate to that. Um, but uh, still, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like... It's not necessarily it, necessary. Yeah, it's it's well, it's not only that because it also doesn't really have much to do with, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's it's it, this film puts in so many fucking little details and and things that we're supposed to remember that sometimes are never even referenced again, or sometimes are we learn the complete opposite is true or something, you know? But not in like a reveal. Just in like, a, oh, well, what about that detail I was supposed to remember earlier? And, oh, don't worry about that. Well, I think, you know? I think that ties back to like, I think it ties back to the ending in a way where he has to desensitize his emotions, this guitar player, yeah. you know, yeah. where the opposite has to happen. Um, that's the only thing I got out of it, but I feel like it was overly explained. I understand why maybe they felt it was necessary for, like, Gary Oldman to have this, like, intro and have him be, you know, presented to the audience as someone who's not necessarily a good guy or not necessarily a bad guy. Like, you don't know how you're supposed to feel about him at this point. Um, I, so I, I get feel, that, but it was too drawn out. I almost feel like that scene was put in there to make Gary Oldman agree to be in the movie. Probably. Because that seems that's an actor's scene, and most of the stuff he has to do in this movie are not actors' scenes. Probably, I can name probably two others, and that's it. You know, you like know? I, 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 watching it, I, I get the feeling that it feels like a later day addition to the script. Because yeah. Gary Oldman probably was like, "This is crap. I don't want to be in this." But wait, I can be this doctor yeah. dealing with someone coming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, entirely. No, yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, that's completely a guess on my part, but it feels, as a writer, it feels like that. Like, hey, Gary Oldman th- thinks that there's not enough, like, character moments for him, and okay, cool, we'll write one. We'll write one. And I, like, wonder who actually wrote it, you know? You know, um, I have that in my notes somewhere, but we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get um, to that later. So, um, you know, they come in, and Dennett says he wouldn't be asked to work on combat applications. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't do but that. They, yeah, but they tell him there's a, there's a way to do a real revenue stream behind his research, and he can save thousands of thousands lives. Thousands of lives in the process. And he's like, he's into this. Yeah. Yeah, so now, um, there's a What whole, I like I, about this, too, hold on. What I like about this, too, yeah, is that on. it sets up the fact that he can be easily persuaded. Yeah. You know. You know, so now there's the whole fucking thing about Lewis in the hospital. It doesn't matter. It's all fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah, I mean, like, like R.I.P., but, like, come on. Yeah, I don't no, know. I'm not, I feel I'm not, like, what's her name who played Clara? Uh, Clara in this? Yeah, I mean, like, Oh, I she, did not give a shit. 
<laughs> See, I thought like, she, I thought she was great. I thought that she did. Again, I thought that all the actors did great with what they were given. Yeah, to do. I'll I'll t- I'll say this had the potential to be a so much worse movie than it already was if they had bad actors in it, but they don't. They actually have some pretty great actors doing awful material and trying yeah. their hardest, which mm-hmm. is some of the shittiest fucking material ever. We've all been you know, part of shitty shitty movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, so, oh my God, they're looking, so let's go, they're looking at potential cops for RoboCop, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, uh, um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really depressing, the things they go through, and it's like a time, like, you think about even 10, almost 10 years ago, where they could get away with saying some of the things they did, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, the funny thing is, there's a scene in RoboCop 2, um, that this reminded me of. Um, Which but was that also scene the movie that I started watching first before I realized it was the wrong movie. Oh, okay. RoboCop yes. 2 is fucking awesome. Um, simply because... Uh, one of the things I love... there. So RoboCop 2 is actually named after the character of RoboCop 2 in the film. Because uh, yes. like, any, like any corporation, you know, if they put out a successful product, they're going to want to put out a better version of it. Of course. And of course, the climax of the film, not to... I mean, if you watch the fucking movie... You know, it's not giving anything away to know that it literally the climax is RoboCop versus RoboCop 2 at the end of it. Um, But there's a scene where they go over potential RoboCop 2s, and it is brilliant. That's cool. Yeah, it's, um, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it. I'll send you, I'll send, if you, you can either watch RoboCop 2 on your own, uh, or I'll send you the clip of that scene. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'll send you the scene then, because it's fucking great. It's an amazing scene. Um, and it's not the sequel to this. I'm talking about the original RoboCop. Yes, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, RoboCop, the first, see, that's the funny thing is that, like, there's a RoboCop trilogy. I only recommend watching the first two movies. Okay. RoboCop 3, it was so bad, Peter Willer actually refused to come back for it. Oh, shit. Yeah, in fact, a lot of the main cast refused to come back from it, and I, I'm pretty sure they kill Lewis, like, in the first, like, 20 minutes, oh. because Nancy, yeah, Nancy Allen only agreed to be in it contractually. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Because <laughs> it was, it, it, and it was, it was a fucking awful PG-13 RoboCop movie, which right there should tell you yeah. a big fucking problem with it. That's why I wrote so, at the top of my notes when I was writing the wrong thing at the, in, you know, at the beginning. It was like, PG-13, fuck this. And I was like, oh, wait, this is the wrong movie. And then I wrote a poem for you. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you. I'm, I, I would, I'm, I'm very pleased that you wrote a poem for me. That makes me feel good. Oh, it's just how um, angry I am that I have to watch this. <laughs> still. Still. Um, but, um, you know, so uh, we go to Murphy's home. He's with his wife and his son, Clara and David. And it, yeah. this is, they are the most generic action movie family ever. Like, their they performances are. aren't bad, but they're just so fucking generic. They are. See, like, I even thought, I think later on that, like, you know, I had this theory that the actress playing Clara maybe, like, demanded that she had more important things to do, you know, because it was so generic that she was just like, I need to have more to do. And they wrote in scenes where she got emotional, you know. Because yeah, but most... Most, like, shitty action films basically have the emotional, like, wife who is, like, like that's when she the whole went thing. To the, I'm talking about when she went to the news. I'm like, I wonder oh, if, okay. you know, like. 
I mean, I assume that that was honestly, I think that seems like something that was just in there. But I think that that was her just acting her fucking ass off with shitty material. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I mean, he's like, really, like, what are their character traits of his wife and son, except they love they love uh, Murphy. She has to make the horrible decision as a woman, as a wife, as a strong woman, maybe who's not had the chance to be the strong woman that she is, to take over her husband's life and well-being and consent to the government. Even if she didn't have a choice, I'd like to think she had a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? But, but we don't get to see on, that. But that is based on her loving her husband. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just giving her the, the benefit is, that's of the, the doubt. Only that's the only character trait they, they gave her. I and want a she's woman doing, Robocop. <laughs> she's doing so much that she can to fucking, you know, bring gravitas to that. But that's really the only character trait they gave her. Right. You know, I mean, so he's a good movie dad. And then they have good, they have movie, like, love. At this point, I check how long the movie's been. It's been 24 minutes. Oh, I know. <laughs> and the car alarm goes off. He insists he's going to go fix it, and uh, and then the car blows up. Yeah, um, which you know, this was I I really miss how dramatic the original fucking death of RoboCop was. Yeah, that was crazy. That you know, I I was getting to a point where I was like, how is this going to happen? Because this guy's obviously RoboCop. You know, yeah. How yeah. how is this? How is this going to happen? Could there be people who had like a hit out on Lewis and they were disappointed that he didn't die or was in hospital or like was Alex in on it in this version? You know, there's so many things, like so many more interesting ways to have gone about it. Yeah. Um, You know, it still pulled at my heartstrings as someone who came from like a good family and all that shit that that could just happen to anyone. But Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. Well, he's got to live because he's RoboCop. <laughs> you know, well, he's technically he's got to die to become RoboCop. But here yeah. he doesn't even have to die. He he basically is just uh, his spine is severed. Um, he's in a wheelchair. He'll be blind in one eye because his optical nerves are damaged. He'll most likely be deaf. OK, can I bring um, up something? Yeah. And then I think I have to pee afterward. OK. Um, uh, the, um, so the first time that we see RoboCop, right? And he's freaking mm-hmm. out. Freaking out, asking all the right questions, right? As one would. Like, why can't I move anything? Like, expl- mm-hmm. like trying to figure out his surroundings and why the fuck this is all happening to him. Not recollecting, like, not recalling what happened in the yeah. accident. His left hand is the one that's left. And mm-hmm. then for the rest of the movie, it's his right hand that's left. In the mm. suit and out of the suit. Mm. Isn't well, that interesting? That's that's what we call a continuity error in the industry. It's for a those huge... of you civilians. I mean, and if I'm wrong, correct me. Like, because I was rewatching clips of it with my guests who were here. Yeah, I was going to say, do you do you do you think I'm going to rewatch it to correct you? <laughs> no, but like you know, I was rewatching bits of it because it's been a minute. I've been going through a lot, but that I'm fine. But the, um, the, you know, I was like, holy fuck. It's his, the first time that they expose him when he asks to see what's beneath him. Mm-hmm. That happens. Spoiler alert. Um, um, there, it's his left hand that's 
left there. And then for the rest mm. of the movie, including the last time you see him exposed, it's his right hand. That's mm. the hand that's left. But in that one scene, it's his left hand. And I was like, well, that's just shitty filmmaking. Mm. Well... Uh, I will tell you, though, I did look it up, by the way, and uh, uh, Michael Kenneth uh, Williams was the name of Lewis, and, uh, the actor who plays Lewis. Yes, of course. Yes. yes. Um, I, I knew him from The Wire, but um, I, yeah, I, I never really knew what his name was. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where he was Chalky White. Yeah. He was Chalky White, yeah. Yeah, I never finished Boardwalk Empire. I, I, it kind of lost me, like, in the last... There were two seasons I didn't watch because I was just like, this is not. See, I watched all of it, but I feel like that was like when I was just furting. Furting? Furting's a new word. I don't know what it means, but we'll figure it out. Furting. I'm coining it right now. When I was just first getting into um, Boardwalk or into television series and all of that, Mm -hmm. of that genre. And I absolutely fell in love with him. And that's where I heard of him. My mother loves The Wire. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) The Wire is the Wire is a very good show. Everyone like I'll I'll I would dispute with people who say it's the best show ever made, but I think it's I think it's in the top ten. Um, really? You I actually yeah. said that to me before. Yeah, like I I've I know so many people who say it is the best show that's ever been, and I I will I can see why someone would think that, Wait, but I disagree what do you with think them on is that. The best show ever been. Breaking Bad. Me too. Yeah. Breaking Bad, hands yeah. down. Yeah, hands Breaking. Down. I don't think. Any show has ever been better than Breaking Bad. I agree. Game of Thrones is yeah. second. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I would actually probably put around fourth or so. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's in it's in the top. Well, no, I put the, I put The Office second, but we're talking about a certain genre. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm not, I you know thinking about it, I don't really have any comedies in my top like ten. Yeah, I just you know you know I didn't either. Who knew I yeah. needed comedy in order to still be human? Yeah. Yes. I have to pee. Just all so right. all of you know. All right. Well, um <laughs> we'll uh we'll we'll uh give you a uh a little advertisement then for our the next screening of our film uh, Bishop's Cove if you're yes, watching on YouTube. And those of you who uh who are are listening to the podcast will just hear crushing silence because we still don't know how to set up sponsors on the new Spotify after they took over from Anchor. So just um, <laughs> welcome to the void if you're listening to us on the podcast. We all exist and in the void. Yes, and uh we'll see you uh in yeah, 30 whenever. seconds. Yep, uh we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, we're back. We're back, and I'm in a new location. I'm in a new location because I just moved, and the outlets are different in a new apartment. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we're we're back to torture ourselves by talking about RoboCop. I'm literally um, sitting on my floor. 2014. <laughs> um, so you know, it's funny, by the way. The thing I was uh, when I was reading the notes while you were uh, peeing. Um, the, the screenwriter apparently complained. Um, he called it the worst experience of his life. And he said, for every 10 ideas I have, nine are cut. Um, what? Yes. So all I could think was, this movie already has too many fucking ideas in it. Yeah, it's trying to make it something that is, you know, not what RoboCop should be. Yeah, like there, like I said, like this is it's trying to like I I I think if you really look at it, it's trying to be a fucking Tolstoy novel when it's fucking RoboCop. 
Thank you. It's um, For Whom the Bell Tolls, but RoboCop version. Yeah, it is so densely plotted, but it is densely it's plotted with... It's War and with, Peace. Yeah, but it is densely plotted with bullshit and then shoved into, like, an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. An hour and 57 minutes. To, yeah, whatever. Like, or yeah. I mean, it felt like nine years, but, no, you know... <laughs> like I, I almost wonder: Is there a good movie in this? If they had a completely different editor, I don't know. Probably, maybe because there's good performances from people doing shitty material. So I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the I'm adamant about when something is gold, don't touch it, and people keep mm-hmm. touching that. Meaning, like you touch a great movie, a classic movie, and you remake it, chances are you're not going to do a better version, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just frustrated at the fact that people keep trying to, and I understand why they do for monetization and, you know, how thrilling it must be for actors who are cast in, like, the remake of something like Pet Sematary or The Little Mermaid or something like Mm -hmm. that to recreate a fucking classic for a generation that the new generation Mm -hmm. gets to see that they grew up on that now they're a part of, but I don't. Or I I was going to say, I was going to say, or if you're the girl from Snow White, you can just talk a lot of shit about it. Adriana Castelli, Adrian. Yeah. Who's she's, she's basically said about how much she doesn't like the original one and how she's uh, improving it with their version. No, I'm thinking about, that's why I'm, she has I'm all like, that's why she has all the fanboys who hate her because of saying stuff like that. I didn't know anything about that as Disney nerd. That's a shame on me. You know, she yeah. had uh, yeah, she had said that um, there's a lot of sexist bullshit in the original one and we're fixing it and getting rid of all that. I wonder how much she was paid to say that or if her publicist told her to say so, because you can't you know. Yes, there are issues, just like as someone who's like a huge Shakespeare scholar type person, scholar, whatever, nerd, um, the, not whatever, but, um, <clears throat> you know, people take issue with certain things in Shakespeare where I feel like women are meant to be empowered, you know, th- if I had the opportunity nowadays to like rewrite a couple of monologues saying taming of the shoe maybe i would but i wouldn't go out and say something like that actress is saying who is doing snow white right now you Mm -hmm. know you want to pay homage to literally the first disney princess movie and then change it from that you don't want to talk shit about your employer i mean like see what scarlett johansson's having to deal with and that wasn't even an original fucking disney thing you know i don't Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that you can't, you shouldn't try and touch something that works for Mm -hmm. people, you know? Snow White scared the shit out of me as a kid. Fucking the queen turning into the evil hag, forget about it. Like, I had nightmares for years. Mufasa in the sky and the Lion King, forget about it. I'm not scared of Mm -hmm. any of that shit now with the fucking remakes. I don't know. That's why I'm thinking, you know, the original Robocop was so good. I hate that they fucking did this. You know who really was freaked out by the remake of The Lion King, by the way? It was Sadie. The, uh... The cat? The, uh, yeah, the cat was really... I was watching it, and she was in the room, and she was... She would, like, cuddle up with me, because she was getting anxiety from it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I guess because the animals look realistic enough that for a cat, it's actually really disturbing. That makes sense. You know, they have cat yeah. TV now. They have dog TV now, and all that shit. 
They have cat and dog TV. Do the girls like dog TV? I had dog TV back when I was living like on 20th. And Mm -hmm. the, um, the, this was years ago. Don't stalk me. Um, the, uh, and the dogs were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Lola and Gert were like, oh, also, love you, Lola. Um, the, um, uh, they were like, what the fuck is going on? I don't understand. Mom's not here. She can't help us. And I was, like, watching them on the dog camera being like, someone's trying to kill me. <laughs> they were freaking out from it? Yeah. Because they were just used to listening to Fleetwood Mac. And I'm like, let me pay this exorbitant amount of money for, like, dog TV. But I've seen several videos now that I have a cat, um, like, about cat TV, and cats apparently love it. Mm. No, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, they don't like the Lion King, I'll say that. (laughs) It makes sense. We also think... I wanted to say, like, while I'm thinking about it, we think that, and of course, Errol, my, like, 82-year-old stepfather is the first person who said this, but now, like, word's gotten around Berkshire County, and people who've, like, met Monkey and stuff, is Monkey, my kitten, who I assume most of you know who are listening or watching, um, we rescued and needed money for, and she's doing very well, and now she's, like, a, a cat, um, but my 82-year-old stepfather said that, you know, I think there's part, like, wild cat in her, and she's growing up to look like a wild cat. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, but in Queens? Like, coming from Queens? Do they have bobcats in Queens? That's the big question. <laughs> I mean, they have, they have fucking wild, like, alley cats everywhere that are just feral and riddled with herpes, so, I mean, it's, you know... But like no, a wild cat meaning like not a house cat, not a stray cat, like like a bobcat. Oh, something, I don't, I don't like think that. she's a bobcat. <laughs> she might be, man. Listen, I'm holding on to hope. She bites enough to be a fucking bobcat. <laughs> she's just she's just a regular destructive cat cuz cats are fucking predators, man, and the you you introduced like, one into your ecosystem. I did. And, and Charles knows this for a fact. I had 78, 80, like, plants. At least, like, 55 of them were rescues. I'm down to, like, 58 plants because of this cat. So now everything around my new apartment is, like, wire meshing that she can climb up but can't Velcro out in order yeah. so, to get to the plants. Yeah. You have to do that with a cat. You pretty much have to... Cat-proof oh, the speaking of which, speaking of which, can you do me a favor? Sorry, we're talking personal shit, but like, can you send me that link to the like the location squirter thing because I need it? Oh yeah, yeah. Again, I'll, I'll send you that. Yeah, I never got yeah. that. Yeah, but we're so talking this is, about Robocop. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let me just explain for people yeah. what this is. It's a thing. So my we had um uh, a very rambunctious cat named Sadie at uh we in, love in Sadie. Nepal. Yeah, in the poly relationship that I was part of, uh, and Sadie would just climb places she's not supposed to go, and she'd do kitty parkour and all this. So parkour. There's these, yeah. There's <laughs> these little um, things, and they don't hurt the cat, but they they don't like being sprayed with them. Um, and it it it's like motion sensing. So yeah. it just like when something crosses the little line of motion, it'll spray them, um, and uh, keep them off uh, the places they're not supposed to go. Um, another, another thing that's good for that is, uh, tinfoil too. You, and if you do them in in combination, you can really keep them from like fucking up your furniture or, you know, stuff like that. 
I don't want to waste my tinfoil, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's go back. We're obviously trying to avoid talking about this at all costs. Yes. So he is uh, there and he's like, what type of suit is this? And um, after seeing that he's from Robocop and Gary Oldman's like, it's not a suit, Alex. It's you. This was the only option. He doesn't have a heart, right? If he only had a heart. (laughs) Um, Right. Which, oh, fuck. This wasn't the first time. I forget what song came. Oh, when... Oh, no, so he's going through this dreamlike state, right? It's mm-hmm. a Frank Sinatra song, and not only do they have, I mean, now knowing what the budget was, it makes sense, but upon first watching that, um, you know, they're playing a Frank Sinatra song with Frank singing it, which I know the, like, royalties for that are insane for only 30 seconds, and they played, like, almost 90 seconds of a song, and then they showed his image. Which, yeah, no, this, is a, this was a hugely expensive movie. It was a hundred million dollars. I saw. Yeah, 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 hundred million dollars. And then so this, and it was a cover, which I think maybe you could have gotten a discount for. For if I only had a heart, like the Tin Man song from the yeah, Wizard of yeah. Oz, from the Wizard of Oz, like. But I'm like, even that that melody had to have cost them a million dollars. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. this is. This was a movie where they were just throwing money against the wall and hoping that would be all they would need. You know, they have A-list actors in it. They have, you know, but they, they were missing. The biggest thing was the script. Yeah. And the, and honestly, and as I said, I personally think the RoboCop outfit looks like shit. I hate it. I absolutely hate it because the, and you know, it really bothers me when he's, when he's walking in it and it's still making the big clunky robot noises. Well, it's like relearning how to walk. That's how I excused it. However, I feel like whoever well, added those noises in in post, like it wasn't like equalized correctly sound wise. Well, it's 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 also the, to me, it's the fact that like he is now this sleek fucking like new car type RoboCop. He is not like like Peter Peter Weller's RoboCop made that noise because he was a big, slow fucking walking tank. This is, this, it's new, it's fast, yeah, it's fast, it's like, it would not be make, if it would be making like the fucking type of noise you'd hear from a goddamn Roomba or some shit. It wouldn't be making the fucking clanking noises that he makes as when he walks. See, yeah, the only excuse I had was that he's relearning how to walk, and that it didn't make any sense sound, like, the sound engineer, I feel like, in this failed us, but they only failed filmmakers. What you and I failed to do a lot is remember that we're filmmakers, I know that's why we do this podcast, but a lot of people would just not even notice that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, th- I personally think that they, that was their, hey, let's do that as a callback to the original film, but now it makes no sense with the new redesign. No, it's garbage. Yeah. You know, which is so. Which what I initially wrote, which is RoboCop 14, 2014 garbage. <laughs> yeah, so we learned that he's uh, in, uh, in China where they're making him, of course, like most American products. And uh, at that point, I put, wait, is this this is that this film's attempted satire? <laughs> like, <laughs> is, is there? I fucking, I fucking missed that it was in China entirely. I must have been laughing at something else. Mm. I mean, I figured yeah, it no, out he's... quickly. I figured it out quickly after, but I missed that entirely. 
when it first yeah now, yeah when he runs out of the uh, lab and then he goes into like the rice paddy fields and stuff oh well and, yes yeah and people well before that even he's um uh people are speaking mandarin and that's when i'm like oh my god I, i'm guessing teach him he's in mandarin. china teach him man oh so they didn't say it so they didn't say uh, it they I don't wrote, say it till he's they didn't they, put it as like him. the little like lower third they didn't say like the like you know omnicore whatever development research lab china they didn't say that initially no. Okay, no, so told. I didn't yeah. miss anything. So I didn't miss anything. I was like, well, apparently I missed that they were in China because we have all these fucking farmers like right outside the Omnicorp fucking boundary. And I didn't know why they're saying, oh, teach him Mandarin. Yeah. They didn't say it. Okay, all right. I feel better about myself at least. Yeah. So they shut him down remotely among the field workers, and they cut back to him with the lab. Which also, I must say, especially, if I may interject, especially with the Tin Man, shutting him down in a field where you have marshes, you have swampland, you have mud, shutting him down in a place like that, if you're calling him the Tin Man, even if he's made of steel, it's going to rust things, which we never see. We do see them pumping mm-hmm. him full of everything and like working on the suit so many times, but we never see them addressing the concern of how long, even if it's only like 10 minutes, the damage that maybe whatever his suit was made of could have endured based on where they shut him down in this marsh field where the farmers were, mm-hmm. you know? I'm like, that doesn't physiologically make sense. I mean, I get we're talking about a RoboCop, but they're trying to make it as realistic as possible. I don't know, plot holes. That's all I'm saying. Well, to me, I kind of... That didn't bother me so much, only because I figure if you're designing him for combat situations, you're going to design him to be able to withstand falling in a marsh for ten minutes. Sure. You know. But... um, it's just a thought that went through my head. You know what I mean? You know. Plus, I mean, plus, I mean, he's not really even metal. He's fucking CG for the most part. But um, don't tell the audience and, that. But no. But you know what? I, you know what I'm talking about. When most, I, I mean, when you see so many movies that use like CG robots or whatever, when they stop doing something practical, so many times they also forget how something practical would react to its environment. Of course. And. And so, you know, like, the ED-209s move way faster than something that size should be able to move. The, you know, he is just, I mean, he's he's making, like, a really heavy noise when he is such a sleek thing. Like, it's they've, it's, they've really forgotten yeah. how, if this was a real thing, how it would work. And also, like, if they're going to refer to it... If they're going to refer to it as something of the past, and I get the, like, whole play on the Tin Man thing like that, but, you know, you go back to the Wizard of Oz, a very easy fix on that when they're going through, which they go into, like, next in the film, all the things that have to be dumped into a system in order for it to make sense, they would dump oil into a system because the Tin Man famously needs oil pumped into everything in his body in order to get him to start working again. You know, I just felt like there was a missed opportunity there. They could have just, they, you're going to play it back, take it all the way home. Um, you know, you're going to pay that amount of money to get that song. Take it all the way home. You're going to be like, what do they say? What did they say? The, um, like, all the things they're dumping into his body. That's where we are, right? Yeah. Well, he's basically right now, where we are is where he wants to die. Oh, well, yeah. I'd want to die, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and they're like, well, well, let's say I did. What do I say to your wife? And then it becomes this whole it's thing. It's all gaslighting. Which, Gary Oldman is not gaslighting. Only, <laughs> not only that, but let's be honest about this here. Right? Like, it makes so much more sense in the original when they just told his wife, hey, he's dead. Yeah. Then for it to be this whole fucking, like, weird romance with a man who, I'm, you know, Robocop 2, he starts... He, once Murphy knows who he is, he starts kind of stalking his his ex wife. Yeah, because but he's she still knows trying. He's dead. Yeah, she knows he's dead, and in fact, they even tell him to stay away from her because you're ruining her life. And one of the executives gets right in his face and says, "Come on, even if she did go with you, what are you gonna do? You can't satisfy a woman. You don't even have a penis anymore." That was the thing. I was like, "What about the robo penis?" Yeah, well, that was exactly what I wrote here, where I'm like, wait a minute, like, she, while he's talking to his wife, it's on, on fucking future Zoom, you know, and we're supposed to be buying into this relationship, I'm like, um, what exactly is he gonna do with her? Uh, yeah. d- is there an attachment they're gonna give him? I mean, like, it could, <laughs> yeah, no, where's the robo-penis? But then I think about yeah. it, and I'm thinking about the actress, who, while I was peeing, should have looked up. But, the like, you know, I feel like she gave so much to the performance where she was given so little that, mm-hmm. you know, you could think or believably assume that it wouldn't be about sex. It would be about, you know, just having the person back or yeah in their life where and then who was it? One of my house guests when I was like rewatching um uh, uh, certain scenes today, they were just like, did you see those robo fingers? Like, did you see them? You see the robo fingers while the guy was playing guitar? As long as he's not feeling emotionally stim- or, um, stimulated, like, everything would be fine. She doesn't need a dick. But, I don't know. I don't but know. once again, I mean, we even go into the whole emotion thing. If he can't be emotional, then, hey, how, what great a relationship is that going to be? Yeah. I mean, the you biggest know? portrayal I feel in this whole thing is, like, what she signed off on. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I, I would be super pissed off if someone fucking, you know... I mean, I, I on a good day, I usually want to die anyway. But if someone were like, okay, hey, now you're in a fucking robot body that will last forever, I'd be super pissed off at that. <laughs> I am elevating. I'm using certain things in my apartment now that I'm sitting on my floor because I just moved in. In order to yeah. move this to sit higher, is it working? So, um, yeah. yeah uh, oh, I did it. There you go. So, I uh, did you did you take note of the most exciting dialogue in the entire film? By the way, which part? Um, where someone actually wrote "energy inflow" at one hundred one thousand three hundred twenty kilo, kilo, kilocalories. Kilo now starting in anti-inflammatory corticoids, hormones, and antibiotic yeah. protocols. And I wrote, boy, that is some exciting techno babble. Someone actually wrote that. Um, and <laughs> so, I wonder, I wonder, like, if they were like, "This is accurate." We we spent so much money actually getting someone and hiring someone who knows about this shit. Like, they could have done that. Knowing how much this movie costs, I'm sure they had a consultant who was so proud of being able to fucking tell them that. Like so they went into. They, I was thinking that, like, I was like, I learned some shit. Yeah. Like that's what goes. I into learned a how robot. not to make a movie. Um, so uh, they also, give me that's not how lungs work. Nice 
Also, you're um, compressing his lung, his lung circumference <laughs> in that in those little glass cages. Just had to say. Go ahead. Yeah. So they give him antidepressants. He'll have a nice dream, and then we cut to Jackie Earl Haley, um, the only act, the only man with three names who is not a serial killer, but um, even though he has played a few. So uh, nice. we now, yeah, now he's showing guns to RoboCop. He's state-of-the-art, but not invulnerable. 50 caliber or higher can shoot through him, which seems, seems very much like, hey, if you're going to make your big super cop that you're going to put out on the streets, you might not want to have him able to be taken down <laughs> by yeah. something that's, you by know what I mean? By something that like, is human-made that you can just have. Yeah. Did we just yeah. skip a whole bunch? I don't give a shit. So. Okay, we did. I'm just, I'm just, now I'm scrolling. <laughs> so yeah, go yeah, ahead. Like, I mean, uh, we are on page six of my 13 pages of notes. Do you really? I have, I have 27 to... pages of notes. Yes. So now I'm scrolling. Yes. Yeah, so. Okay, yeah, no, I'm, you're way ahead of me. Let's go. Okay. I basically yeah. just spent a lot of time just complaining. Yeah, because they actually hadn't even played the, oh, if I only had a heart song yet in the film. Oh, like, shit, you're right, you're right. Yeah, okay. we haven't gotten to that part yet. Hold on, 50 cal- I know 50 calibers will be a thing. 50 cal- yeah. continue them. Yeah, oh. so, um, basically, uh, if he's threatened, his visor goes down and becomes immediately available. And, uh, so Jackie, Jackie Earl, uh, Haley runs, uh, Pure Robots. And without my sign-off, it better start learning Chinese, because it ain't never going home. Um, oh, that, yeah, no. Oh, Maddox. That was his character. Maddox. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he says, uh, so it's going to be the EM-208s versus the Tin Man. And that's when he starts playing If I Only Had a Heart. Right. Okay, nope. We're way further up than we thought that we were. Okay, continue. Yeah, and, and when he's 5.6 seconds behind Jackie Earl, um, Haley says, uh, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. Oh, Yeah. To which I, I imagine them, the fucking producers of this, just congratulating themselves on that scene and saying, hey, he said the thing. Applaud now, plebs. You know. Plebs, yes. So, oh, my God, we're back into all the bullshit with the fucking thing. I, I even wrote, how are they making Gary Oldman boring? See, like, no, I thought Gary Oldman was great. I thought yeah, that he was I, great, I, again, based on everything he was given. Yeah, like, I love Gary Oldman, but, uh, you know. Are we talking um, about after he in goes this. in, are we talking about after he goes into the thing with Maddox where he's just like, you know, you get a ticket back home? Yeah, and he has the human instinct that interferes with the system. Okay, and, okay. Yeah. You're, so they've got to, right. they've got to, re- okay, sorry. I was going to say, they've got a release date and he doesn't care how he does it. Um, and then they're working on his brain and he tastes like peanut butter. Okay, now I know where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um so um He doesn't like peanut butter. Process- what? He doesn't what? like peanut butter. He doesn't like peanut uh, butter, he says. Hmm. Well He says he doesn't uh, like gonna, peanut butter. I know I'm not gonna comment on that. But, I don't know where um, that is, but I'm trying to find it. Yeah. So let's just let's just keep skipping ahead. I I, I don't think anyone really. Oh gives shit! Well, tell, we well, tell me where we're skipping ahead to because I have so many notes. 
Yeah, okay. uh, I'm putting happy chips to skip in his ahead. brain. They're trying uh. to uh, fix how he processes information, and he won't know the difference. They're putting the chips in his brain. They talk about focus testing and how kids love that he transforms. Um, and they decide to have him be black in color, so he looks more tactical. Which, which makes it look okay. even more like a suit. No, it does. But I love what What's-His-Butt says later. That he costs $6 billion? No, that what's his, William says, like, now you're the right color. Hmm. Oh, Lewis, yeah. When Lewis I didn't even says make a that, note of that. Yeah, I he says, well, at least now, yeah. now you're the right color, he says. Well, I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. So, uh, do your best today. We started this program to give men like you a second chance. Um, and they're doing some sort of battle royale thing where all the robots are going to be after him. And it's basically, I wrote, this feels like a pointless action scene and I don't even feel like taking notes here. Cue Hocus Pocus by Focus because it's shooty shooty time. Yeah, basically, so he was running behind by like 5.3 seconds on the simulation, but that was a robot. And the whole issue is that they wanted a man inside the robot, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. Yeah, I wrote, this would be a lot more fun if I were playing it instead of watching it. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I was like, they should actually make this a game. You know, well, they actually just made a game of um, of uh, the original RoboCop um, called uh, Rogue City, uh, where yeah. Peter Weller came back to do the voice of uh, RoboCop. Um, okay. From what I heard, it's actually... I haven't I haven't played it, but from what I've heard, what I've read, they they do have an interesting thing that I haven't really seen before. In that, when you're a RoboCop, really no one can fucking hurt you until you start getting to like bosses and then other robots and shit. They said it's it's that like feeling of what it would be like if you're a RoboCop and there's fourteen guys shooting at you and none of them are doing any damage. I did enjoy the whole, like, 37, like, people killed or whatever the fuck, threats killed or blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, I just like seeing that. But Yeah. I'm, uh, is that in I this movie? I would like seeing it. Yeah, it was in this movie. I'd like to see that, like, in a video game. Yeah. More so than anything. But, yeah, no, in the Rogue City one, um, basically, um, RoboCop is how RoboCop is in the movie. But he's slow. You can't run. You can't jump. But you're also, like, literally a fucking walking tank, so... Yeah. You know, and and there it makes sense that you've constantly got that fucking, you know, robot moving noise, because that was there. But the, yeah, that, that game apparently takes place between RoboCop 2 and 3. It's also so, complicated. Like, trying to find also this movie on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's 900, like, straight-to-TV RoboCops as well. There are so many RoboCops. It's insane. It's insane. Because, because here's what happened, is that the company that made the original went out of business. Oh. So this is why, this is why it's so important to maintain your IP rights, because once your IP rights are in the wrong hands, or if they start floating around... You will have 900 fucking versions or, or sequels or remakes or whatever of the thing that you made. And that's what happened with RoboCop. There's just the rights were just floating around so much that there was like a reboot of it every four fucking minutes. And then there were TV series of it. And then there were straight to video versions of it. So that's the Hell, thing. I was looking at like Robo RoboCop 2 and I was like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, like RoboCop, RoboCop 2 is just called RoboCop 2. The, the yeah. sequel to the original is just called RoboCop 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then RoboCop 3, that sequel was just called RoboCop 3. And then after that, it became like RoboCop City of sh- Shit or whatever the fuck it's called. City of and, Shit. It would yes. have been so bad and, maybe. Uh, in fact, they even announced one of those things that's really trendy in 2018 where they were going to make a RoboCop sequel to the original that ignored all the films after part one, which they did, they did with Halloween and they tried to do with Alien and like, you know, but because of COVID, thank, the, one of the few things COVID ever actually did right, um, it stopped that from happening. Yeah. Because... Uh, yeah, I, I, I have no faith that they would have done it right at all. Mm-mm. No faith whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. That yeah. So, so uh, at this point, uh, they start doing all sorts of shit to his brain, and his brain makes him think he's in control. It's the illusion of free will. Um, and, it's, and I wrote, this is way too complicated, and two, that sounds nightmarish. I wrote, he, he, I'm confused. That's what I He's wrote. He's created, yeah, that's because they made it so incredibly complicated how this works. And I'm a fucking Shakespeare nerd. And he's created a machine that thinks it's Alex Murphy. Well, and, okay, uh, but like, okay, so that made sense, but I was like, why? I just think as a doctor at that point, you just ask for like another week's time, you know, like, because... Based on what I got, like they didn't have to show him for another two weeks, so mm-hmm. give him another week before you just completely like re- like get rid of his dopamine, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now he ends up going back home, which is to me, I once again, I don't. Here's the thing: I think the actress who played Clara was she did her best, and I, I have nothing against her, but I think. I think there's a reason why his wife wasn't an important character in the original. Because it makes no sense. It It makes no sense for this character to be, especially being in her, like I wrote when, you know, um, his wife's been waiting four months and um, you're going to do fine. I wrote, does he have a penis or his fingers cold? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's a fucking robot. You know, is like... I don't think that they designed him to be able to fuck. No, definitely. I mean, they showed very in great detail that no, he's not. But yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, this is something that I believe will come into my life because my mother is so adamant about it and I don't follow everything my mother tells me clearly. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she's like, at a certain point, that doesn't matter, especially if you have kids, if you've been in a marriage for a long time, that's not what matters. It's about the love and having that person there. And I'm like, maybe that's how she felt. That's what I kept thinking. Maybe that's how she felt. Like, it's just yeah. having Dylan or David. Wow. Freudian David have a father, you know? Um, yeah. So maybe but that's what, if what it, it is. Her name but is Abby, the, Abby Cornish. Abby Cornish. That's yeah. Her name. But what if the father was not even like was a cold metal shell that just happens to have his memories? You know what I'm saying? Well, like then it becomes like it becomes a huge like guilt trip like on her because she's the one who signed the fucking consent forms, you know? Yeah. You don't know. You, know. you don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with things like this, you can't really like make 
you can't make an executive decision on how you feel about it unless you were put in a like similar situation, which in this case can't happen. You can say what you want to do or what you think you'd do. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I'd probably make the same call as her, but I, I, I'd like to think I'd be smarter and go on the news way quicker. Yeah. I will say, I actually, I actually wrote there's a genuinely nice moment in the film when his son has uh, the, saved all the Red Wings games on his computer. Yeah, that's so sweet! I don't have time because yeah. Daddy's suit needs maintenance or something. Yeah. Da- Daddy's suit needs special handling, and I wrote, "Is he going fuck?" Is he going <laughs> um, fuck? Yeah. So who's going to do um, his special handling? And, and well, whatever they cut to, I wrote, "Oh, there I was thinking something interesting might happen in this movie." Um. So. Yeah, you want to know? Um, what? I've talked about this in like similar. I've talked about this in other podcasts in the past. If you've been with us the whole time, you will remember this. Um. That when huge action sequences happen for me, I kind of zone out if mm-hmm. they're if they're not interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I literally just called them shooty shooty, like you know, spunk gargle wee wee scenes. I did like, too. I don't give a shit. My like, big my big issue that I also like the thing that I paid the most attention to, other than like Lewis getting shot initially, or then Lewis later on protecting Murphy. Um, so we can get away. The, um, the other big thing that I noted was that they just didn't really care about anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no need for it. And then, oh, the biggest, biggest, biggest thing, now I am remembered that Shakespeare, um, is that towards the beginning of the film, Alex Murphy's voice, the timbre of his voice, the octave of his voice changes when the visor goes down. Mm-hmm. And then even before his dopamine is brought down to 2%, spoiler, um, his mask is up and his voice is the same. It's in that lower octave. So the consistency, the continuity is still not the same even then. Mm-hmm. And that really bothered me. Mm. Or, you know, like, it's supposed to be a thing where, like, the visor goes down, the weapons come out, and yeah. you know, I talk yeah. like this, but then his face was up and he was still talking like this, and he wasn't talking like himself either, and it was before everything was done. Yeah. Yeah. I've I said mean, my piece. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, right now is where Lewis says you're the right color now. All right. Ah, yeah, so there's people gathering around to see it, um, and they'll, they upload the entire uh, Detroit Police Department database into his brain, and he'll have all footage of all uh, CCTVs uh, since 2011 to the president and all the present and all criminal records. I get well, hey, talking about presidents and criminal records, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> so he has enough evidence to make. Um, uh, 634. 634 arrests. Yeah, I'm not me. even on the right page of my notes, and I remember that. 634 yeah. arrests, yes. Yeah, he's getting too emotional. He's seeing a lot of crime. Um, he sees his own crime scene and freaks out and starts crashing. Um, Norton kicks everybody out. It's time for me. Uh, yeah, so then I point at this point, I turned the movie off because I was that bored. Um, I'm not even on the right fucking point, Charles. Jesus Christ, give me a warning. Yeah, the well, whole thing. Yeah, uh, let's see. 
I'm because there's just so much bullshit in this. I don't like the fact that it's a big deal of of like, should we lower his dopamine to five percent? No, that uh, that's too. That's not that's not low enough. Let's lower it to two percent. Like that's so not fucking get, drama. That's <laughs> like, not well. No, I mean it's drama for people who love Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> or House, or which I do. You know where it's like five percent. No, two percent. So they settle at 2%, and I'm like, he's not going to be able to see anything. And meanwhile, all the news and the press are trying to just go and, like, present RoboCop to Detroit and to the world as a way for America to be safe. And he walks right past his Mm -hmm. wife and child. That hurt me. I mean, you know, that, like, because we all, as actors, try to put ourselves in everyone else's shoes i can't Mm -hmm. the only person in this that i can't put myself in their shoes is robocop because i can't imagine not feeling literally everything but like going and thinking about how the kid or the mother might have felt you know how devastating or lewis how devastating that might have felt but yeah that's where we're at right yeah Okay, good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is all very boring. So let's go to... <laughs> tell me tell me an important thing about where we're at so I can scroll in my notes because I need... That, I is literally, have... that is literally what I am doing is scrolling to... Because right now it's all about the drug lab and, and all this shit. Well, he shot someone. He shot someone. He shot someone in front of yeah. his kid. That's important. That's bad. Anyway. But I put, like, you know, there's a reason that these scenes of him being an actual cop were only, like, two minutes to the original movie. Yeah. Because none of this is very interesting. <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong. In the original movie, like, it took time for him to remember who, like, his family was. Yeah. So in this, yeah. he remembers initially. So that was a huge change. And I really liked that it like initially I really liked that or I saw a huge opportunity as far as the writing, mm. as far as the filmmaking goes, for him remembering his wife and his child. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they fucked it all up. See, what would have worked is if he remembered it and his wife still thought that he was his wife signed on but could have no contact with him. Because then You've got fucking, you've got a fucking uh, conflict, you know, like him, he, he knows that she's still alive, but he can never be with her so that he, you know, like maybe he watches her from afar because he can't ever satisfy her as a man now. And he's this fucking monstrosity. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I see. And I will counter you with this. I'll counter you with this. I feel like you have that same conflict with this where she signed on to it and she was so betrayed by everyone with Omnicorp and with all this shit that, you know, she's given the all of these false promises and is not allowed access with no good reason to her husband, told that he's dead, sorry, spoiler alert, and all this shit, and she's still just... I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you have the same the same thing and on the flip side all right so with him with him losing all of his dopamine forgetting who he is remembering who he is getting to love them again and all this shit i feel like 
there's a huge character development between Clara and between Alex that could have happened that just didn't happen. There was a great opportunity based on the budget for them to write that in. And mm-hmm. they just they just didn't do it. Um, I think your idea is better, but based on what yeah. was written, there was an opportunity there. And or it could have given her more to deal with too. Yeah. Or or you know what you could have even done is if you could have just skipped the entire him going to see her and all this other shit. She signs on to make him, but they've lo- the, he they have basically taken all of his emotion because it doesn't work without emotion. So when she first sees him, that's when he does the walk by and paying no attention to her whatsoever. Duh. Yep. Done. Yeah. I feel like American so, audience yeah. are, are prone to softer things like this. Like, based on uh, so many people I know who I do respect. I'm sorry I talk shit about you, um, people. <laughs> but, you know, the, um, you'd talk shit about me if the roles were reversed. But the, um, <laughs> the, uh, there are so many opportunities to just do it better. To just, yeah. to keep it the same, even. And to just do yeah. it better <laughs> what, what the fuck are you laughing at bitch no i'm looking at my notes and um is his son is having night because they start going into all the drug dealer shit and no one gives a fuck so Nobody um, Clara about keeps... the dr- there are two cops yeah. who were corrupt who had yeah. to deal with the so, fucking killing that's all we need yes. to know yeah so clara is keeps calling about robocop they're talking about suing um and i'll i'll issue a gag order before i let her see her husband and, um, you know, Clara stops Alex in the street, tells him his son is having nightmares, his family is falling apart. I want you, Alex, and I put in parentheses without a penis. <laughs> so he drives away and he starts looking at CCT footage of his son being sad and stressed. Yeah. And yeah. And then there's sad. We're supposed to care about this music playing. While Robocop is overriding system priorities to go see his uh, family, which I'm sure programs can just do. Definitely. Yeah, you know, so they want to shut him down, but Norton says no. And he's magically just putting his dopamine levels back to normal, which once again, how is he doing this? See, the big issue, too, my big issue that I didn't bring up earlier and like, until they started, like, talking about all the things that they were pumping into his system is that when he first sees himself, throwback, when he first sees himself without his suit, how is he crying? He does not yet, he's just waking up for the first time. He does not have the means to cry, you know, and there are tears streaming down his face. So these things don't make sense. Anyway, continue. Yeah, you know, so uh, at this point, there's more. Now we're getting back to the drug dealer bullshit. And the drug dealer, of course, knows 50 caliber and above aim for the head. Bad Valen, guys set bombs Valen, as we Valen. prepare. Yeah, as we prepare for more pointless, big budget, shooty, shooty. They turn off the lights and they wear night vision goggles because, hey, the robot guy isn't going to be able to see in the dark at all. Night vision, then not night vision, then thermal vision, then not thermal vision, then thermal vision, then not thermal vision. That's what happened. Yeah, no, I wrote, if I ever hear a machine is purposely coming after me, I'm going to automatically assume he has thermal vision and night vision. And I don't know, I'll go hide in a freezer or some shit. Yeah, that's a smart move. Let's buy a giant freezer. 
You know, well, that we'll wait until a fucking giant robot comes after me first, and then we'll do that. I give it. Never you mind. know. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, he kills Valen. He uh, shoots him. Valen's dead. Shit. Yeah. He scans for weapons for Prince, identifies the dirty cops. Uh, bad cop, Robocop, 13 serial number missing. Uh, fucking kill a. someone, let someone go, and then shoots him. Yeah. So um, they turn Robocop off at this point because uh, he's going after the cop who was working with Valen. Yep. Exactly. Um, Novak says Alex uncovered the, the point Vipers. of all of this. The whole point of all of this is that he's the whole threat is that he's discovering his own murder or like just, yeah, you know. You know what I realized? Like just now, it feels like all of this was supposed to be a RoboCop TV series, and that they tried to fit ten episodes worth of plot into two hours. They have to remember that like people are not. I mean. We can understand everything that's going on because we're filmmakers, you know, and we're literary people. But a lot of people are not used to this amount of information coming into Mm -hmm. one film in two hours with their biggest, like, stars. I mean, so, yeah, I feel like you're absolutely right. Like, say maybe a six-episode, like, limited series Yeah, like, because I was thinking about it, and I was like... There's not bad performances from people in this, but it seems like they literally had, like, all this plot that they were so determined to get into there so that nothing gets a chance to breathe, nothing means anything, and it's, it's like, this feels like they, like, if they had just taken everything that happened in this movie and just stretched it over fucking, like, six to ten episodes of a TV show, maybe it actually would have been watchable. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, so now Clara Murphy's made a statement and uh, OCP has not let her son see Alex. Uh, Lobbyists are now upset um, that he's investigating corruption. And they're afraid of Robocop talking to the public. Uh, And that's the point where the uh, sellers just... Yeah. (laughs) I I, I corrected myself here because I wrote... There you go. I wrote what what Keaton asks. Um, (laughs) Sellers just shuts him down. Yeah. And so what's bigger than a people, hero? What's bigger than a hero? A dead hero. Yeah. Yeah. So they're gonna and say that he's just dead and all this shit. Yeah. And they're he's gonna basically what I interpreted it is he's just gonna fly the scene in a helicopter, and yeah. brings calls um Clara and Clara in and she brings David and they say that he's dead. They want to offer her like a bunch of money based on what um Gary mm-hmm. Oldman's character wants to give them. Yeah. And that's I mean that's where we're at. But basically Gary Oldman is now lying about what he's saying. You think he could be bought for cheap, but he can't. He's lying and he goes to like save Murphy. And Yeah. And unle- unleashes him from all the things, and I don't know the actress, the Asian actress's um, name. She was great too. Uh, who helped him in Robocop's escape? But he escapes, and everyone lies. That's the moral of the story. Everyone lies. Lies. Yeah. And um, is brought back. Um. He's brought Alex Murphy's brought back, and Clara and David are now brought up to meet um, 
Sellers, uh, yeah. Sellers on the roof, and they offer for him to, for them to, he offers for them to take the first helicopter, which I think is meant to be shot down. That's my interpretation. And then the helicopter flies up because they see Robocop coming up the steps on the outside and the scaffolding, which is wild. I don't know. I don't know. I think that was really great. I also, I really hate that in the script, she's meant to just believe what Sellers says still up until Mm -hmm. this point, get in this helicopter. You know, it makes me sad. It makes me really sad. So Robocop comes up to the roof and shoots Sellers and he gets shot. And then we see that a bunch of Robocop shit is just out and exposed his wires and all this stuff while Clara and his son are, are just, you know, hugging his cold robot body. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And at this point, the cops come in to help. And we 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 forget to mention that the whole fucking building is just infested with eight, with Ed 209s. Right. And and it's once again, it's like a fucking video game. It's it's just it is. It's, it's, there's a million here's what of I them. I will give them. Yeah. I will give them mm-hmm. this. That Robocop hid under because he's not an Omnicorp proper, property anymore. I will give them that he hid underneath the 209. I think that mm-hmm. was smart. That's what I want to do in a video game from now on. Yeah, you just well, what if they see so you just want Ed 209 in every video game? Yes, every single one. <laughs> yes, Crash Bandicoot 209. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. He um and uh, he can't shoot Jackie Lee, uh, Jackie or O'Haley because he's a red asset. Which pretty much they're doing the fucking OCP, you know, fucking thing. But they're just changing it now to it being a red asset instead of uh, uh, an employee. I'm like everyone's a red asset now. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um. So let's see. Murphy's now pointing a gun at the helicopter. Um, he points, he's, uh, confronting the CEO, he tries to arrest him, he tells him he can't arrest the CEO, he tells the other execs, the system starts shutting down, he tries to say, dead or alive, you're coming with me, Alex, honestly, I mean you no harm, and now he aims a gun at Clara and David for no reason except because Sellers is evil. Yes. Like, really, him pointing the gun at the, at the fucking Murphy's family, there's no reason for him to actually do that. No. Except that he's the bad guy. Well, he was going to fucking, I think, shoot them down in the helicopter regardless. Well, yeah, but I mean, but right at that moment when he has Murphy right there and he has Clara there, for plausible deniability, he could have very easily made it look like Murphy's out of control instead of him now pointing a gun at the fucking family. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. So, and meanwhile, imagine being the family, being like, oh, fuck, he's actually alive. Because they've been told, like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, your dad is actually dead. It's just the robot that's still alive. And he's mm-hmm. out of control and he's destroying the building. Ew. Ew. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so he, um, he shoots, uh, they both shoot each other, uh, Sellers and Murphy. And his family holds his one remaining hand, uh, which you said changed. I didn't even notice it, but it, uh, as it repeats, everything is going to be all right. Yeah. And we see Norton talk to Murphy, who's back to being a head in organs, and he asks how he feels, and he's ready. They put his body back together, and now he's Robocop Gray, 
And I put, um, didn't he shoot the CEO of the company? Yeah, they didn't care. Shouldn't shouldn't that, that have some have sort of consequence? Lines. He didn't even you have know? any lines. Yeah, like, shouldn't that be a factor? <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then he meets with his wife and son, and we're supposed to care as the door shuts behind them. And then we go back to poor Samuel L. Jackson having to do more fucking green screen shit. I feel like it was unnecessary for him to come back. Maybe that was in his contract. Yeah. You know, America is now and will always be the greatest country in the face of the earth. I'm Pat Novak. Good night. Cut the credits. And they go to I fought the law and the law won. You because know, they can't even you, do. Because, I know. I know. I know. You know that, like, Samuel L. Jackson has to, like, feel comforted right now, knowing this movie was such a flop that with everything mm-hmm. going on in the world, that what he said in that closing sequence, saying that America will always be the greatest country in the world, which I don't agree with, that he's mm-hmm. not being scrutinized with all the time because this movie yeah. was such a flop in the U.S. and I- Canada. I was I I thought you were gonna say Samuel Jackson is happy that this was a flop, so he doesn't have to keep coming back for sequels. Yes, that too. But like that he's not being used as a meme for like global wars that we're about to be involved in. I don't want to get into oh, yeah. that because I I just I and you know my AirPods are gonna die. Um, yeah. The um, but he has to be grateful that like he's not being made a meme over this movie because it was such a flop. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, so so I'll just briefly go into um, the making of it just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they originally considered Michael Fassbender, Matthias uh, Shown the Arts, who I have no idea who that is, and Russell Crowe, um, before uh, casting Joel Kinnaman. Yu uh, Laurie, actually, speaking of House, was actually uh, set to play the uh, Sellers instead of, of um, Michael Keaton. Of Mike, Michael Keaton. But he de- he declined, um, and then they got Clive Owen. But once again, he declined as well. Um, so mm-hmm. they brought in Michael Keaton, um, and for Doctor uh, Norton, uh, they actually spoke to Ed Norton, um, Sean Penn, uh, Rebecca Hall, uh, Jack Lewis. Um, Cla- uh, let's see, Nova. Oh, okay, sorry, uh, Edward Norton, Sean Penn. Um, for uh, Novak and Jack Lewis, God, they were gonna give Sean Penn work. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, guys, you know, I don't know. I'm not gonna get into it, but he did kind of get famous for beating the shit out of Madonna all the time. So I never understand why people hire him. People do that. Um, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, at one point, uh, they were um. Uh, they were actually talking about a sequel to this, but that uh, they stopped talking about it in 2015. Well, that wasn't a quick turnaround at all. Yeah, so uh, obviously that's not going to happen. But at one point they were talking about a sequel to this, which I'm glad is not going to happen. And uh, but yeah, no, I I I hate this film. I I absolutely despise this film so fucking much. The, yeah, my whole big feeling on it is that, like, again, I'm not going to beat a 
dead horse. I hate that expression, but you know, for lack of a better term, the like the actors did everything they could based on what they were given, and they had an A list oh, yeah. team. They had everything except for good direction and a good script. You know, mm-hmm. everything outside of that was good. Um, you know that we can say what we will about you know post and the making of the suit and all of that, but all of that is all dependent upon the actor's responses and how they were directed because chances are those suit mm-hmm. that suit was not always put on while they were actually on set. You know? Yeah. Um, I much prefer the original. I am very happy to see that like Charles and I, there are other and bigger named actors who can make the best out of a really shitty script. Mm-hmm. Um, and shitty direction, which we both endured. And that's how I feel about it. I mean, like, should it have been made? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but I understand the appeal. I just wish it would stop happening. And there's nothing I think that can be done to stop shitty remakes from happening. What's really interesting was originally they were going to get Darren Aronofsky for the remake. Um, but, uh, something, his schedule didn't work or whatever, so they, uh, they got Joel, uh, Padilla, and he just completely threw out the, uh, Aronofsky script. Well, that's a shame. Also, Charles, my AirPods are at zero percent. Just a heads up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, then where can people find you, Chelsea? People can find me at chelsea.lesage on Instagram. And where can they find you, Charles? Uh, they can find me at charles.d.lincoln, and you can find us together at CL Square Productions on YouTube, on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and Twitter. No, I'm just saying that. No, no, uh, and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no more Twitter anymore. Now it's X it's because really Elon Musk ridiculous. is fucking anyway. So, um, being yeah, a no. dumbass CEOs. Um, All my stuff so, is dying. I just got internet for the first time today, so forgive me. We'll be back next week. Yes, uh, we will be back next week, and because it's October, we're going to go for um, the uh, 1970-something-or-other classic that I didn't look up the number, uh, Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. So uh, oh, wow. stay okay, tuned for that. Cool, great. Yeah. All right, Beautiful. everybody. We'll we talk love to you, you soon. All right, we'll bye. Talk to you soon. Bye.